Sometimes it's just about shaking the haters off as we welcome you into the fast lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Virginia fans and their level of concern for people they might love to make fun of and maybe they do not like at all. Former quarterback Brendan Armstrong, offensive coordinator Robert and I, and even offensive line coach Garrett 2J, all of whom are now at NC State and all of whom will be at Scott Stadium tomorrow evening does bring up that interesting topic and we'll get to this more a little bit later in the fast lane but it also transitions over to something that is a lot different the older you get in the world of sports see for someone like Brennan Armstrong leaning into the vitriol that may or may not be out there about his decision to leave Virginia for NC State how things played out the final year on grounds and the disappointing campaign that he had and was responsible for is a lot different, I would say, than folks that are a little bit older. I don't know about Garrett 2J, but certainly it seems like Dr. Bob did not leave under uh, the most pleasant terms at UVA. And then transferring that idea a little bit further on the age spectrum, Denny Hamlin's not quite at that level, but we bring in the NASCAR driver because... Over the last week, he too will have been a subject, he already has been, of leaning into the disdain of fans that are out there and using it as motivation in certain situations. Heck, we're broadcasting Jefferson Forest High School football presented by TrostLaw.com tomorrow night at Rutgers. There may or may not be folks involved in that game. You can figure out where we're going with this. Did you say Rutgers? Not Rutgers. At the other R, whose colors are the exact same, red and white. Rustburg. Rustburg, not Rutgers. Who's, like, I was like, Ed, you're going to Piscataway tomorrow? Um, I am not quite going to Piscataway nor am I going to curse the fine folks of Rustburg, Virginia with the idea that their place is similar to New Jersey. But it is amusing because there may or may not be figures in that game who often love to find ways to use motivation from slights, real or manifested in their own mind and from their own creation. And it's a time-worn principle when it comes to sports. And maybe it's because mental health has become a bigger deal now than before. And it may not be that way for everyone. I'll be the first to admit that I look for different angles and slights as part of my motivation. It's more like a sauce or a seasoning or a sweetener to go in there. Because your day-to-day motivation cannot always be that. Because it's hard to sustain it. But sometimes it can give a little extra zing to the recipe for success in whatever you're doing. That is where it can become valuable. And there are people that have that different approach. And in fact, you look at Dr. Bob and the situation for him, you know, it seems like he's pretty open about it not ending well at Virginia. And there's a lot of thought that he or at least his team at NC State would want to win tomorrow night. Obviously, they want to win in general, but would want to win because of wanting to win for their new coach. I don't know how much I buy that just because. He's in his first year there. I don't know how much loyalty there is. And heck, you could argue the idea of loyalty in college sports in general. I think it is still there, but it's not what it used to be in the era now of name, image, and likeness and the transfer portal and uh, players. I don't think it's bad, but they they treat it much more like coaches do than ever before. Doesn't seem to be the case with Garrett 2J. Has not been the case with Brendan Armstrong. But there are parties in that game tomorrow night where that angle of motivation will be 
a part and parcel part. For some, maybe it's the main dish. For others, it's just part of the dish of getting themselves geared up tomorrow night. But I think it'll be a factor that's at play. And then looking at NASCAR at Bristol, similarly, it's a, it's a fascinating comparison. Because I don't think Denny Hamlin necessarily tries to create too much drama and controversy. But the things he had to say after victory at Bristol this past weekend and the fans booing him, throwing debris onto the track at Bristol Motor Speedway. Including a cucumber. Yes, rather ironic and comical. I might even throw that in there. No pun intended, by the way, with the throw part. But Denny Hamlin had this to say as he was being showered with boos and other words from the fans. I love the cutoff at the end. Nice job, Trey, right before the expletives could be picked up on microphone. But the first 10 seconds of that bite for Denny Hamlin, he's leaning into the role of being the villain. He's doing that a lot more. He knows what he's doing. You're not a business owner the way he is with 2311 Racing. He's the 11 part, with Michael Jordan being the 23 part, the 11 part of 2311 Racing. You look for ways to motivate yourself as a competitor. You look for ways to push the buttons of your team, whether it's your pit crew, your crew chief. They're all employed by Joe Gibbs Racing, but he has to do that as well as a partial team owner at a different organization. In competition, that's part of it. When it becomes the main dish, it can be a real challenge and it's not sustainable. But Trey, we should not be so naive to not believe that in a lot of cases, that element of feeling slighted is a form of motivation, and it does make it more fun and interesting to see that in sports because it adds a level of spice to events where we as fans are always looking for ways to be entertained. Yeah, I mean, him embracing the villain role, and we touched on this a little bit during the podcast, uh, the happy hour, the Front Stretch Happy Hour podcast. Um, yeah, I, I think he's fully embracing the villain role, and I think he is is kind of realized, like, you know, this is, you know, this is his role. This is what's going to happen with him. And uh, you have to give him credit for that. I, I think having that villain is always a good thing. I think it's a way for him to get, there's, there's always going to be people who love the bad guy. And so I think it's, it's created a very unique um, fan base for him. And then also it, 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 <coughs> uh, it also has created just a, you know, great, you know, kind of dynamic where there's a lot of 11s, we'll say, when he wins. And there's <laughs> a lot of boos. And, you know, I, I think Kyle Bush has kind of, you know, since he left Joe Gibbs, has left the villain role. And Denny Hamlin is now fully in it. And it, it, it's a good thing for the sport. It's a good thing for Denny. Um, it, it's just, it's always fun. It's not in the personality of Christopher Bell or Martin Truggs Jr., you can correct me if I'm wrong, Trey, but we've got enough data on Christopher Bell and we've got a pretty much an entire career's worth of data that those two drivers, it's just not who their personality is leaning into the villain role. Ty Gibbs could eventually fill that, but 
I don't think he's quite comfortable with it yet. Leaning into the villain role. He'll do it on the track, but he doesn't really do it afterwards. Or even beforehand when he's pressed about it. And so, you don't have a lot of that. Having some of this does make it entertaining and interesting. And it does add a level of spice. I mean, for NASCAR as an analogy, Trey, we'll use this one just more on the short term. When Jeff Gordon came onto the scene, he was kind of a cocky little you-know-what. He even admitted as such. He's done that a number of times. If you go back and listen to his interviews now, looking back on his early career, he is open about his attitude being a little full of himself at that time. Obviously, my guy, Dale Earnhardt Sr., we know he embraced the villain role. He didn't even try to pretend, which is part of the reason I respected him, is he just is what it is. Now, he'll kind of have that aw shucks mentality, and a lot of drivers let that slide. To his ever-loving credit, Jeremy Mayfield did not love him for that at Pocono because it's one of the best moments in NASCAR history, how he just gave Dale Sr. a taste of his own medicine. But it's part of what makes him compelling. Daryl Waltrip was that way, too. You could argue that unlike Jeff Gordon, who kind of matured over his years, I don't think it ever really left Daryl Waltrip. But people gravitated toward it. They booed him and had interesting thoughts and feelings towards him. And some of it's correlated to winning. Waltrip's a multi-time NASCAR champion. Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt Jr. were as Dale Earnhardt Sr. were as well. But it's not guaranteed to be the case. Because if you look at Jimmy Johnson, he won seven NASCAR championships. And he was about as boring as could be, and by most accounts. He was kind of the Spurs, Patriots, Alabama of NASCAR. Clearly one of the best of all time, but just not on that level of engendering a fan reaction for a large chunk of his career. And that's where we are right now with Denny Hamlin and why he brings a level of spice. And similarly, why the return of Dr. Bob... Brennan Armstrong and even offensive line coach Garrett 2J to UVA brings that level of intrigue. It's not sustainable, but it does spice things up. You know, use this as an analogy as well. If you're looking at a long-term relationship with a significant other, finding the bad girl or bad boy, it, I mean, you may lose sight of the fact that if you're looking for a night of fun, maybe that's where you're going to turn because it'll make things fun and interesting for an evening. But when you're looking for something sustainable, it's probably not the most advised route to take. You're going to have a lot more headaches you're going to have to deal with over the long haul. And if you're so blinded by, well, you get where we're going here, then you're not going to see what the long-term problems could be. Similarly, when it comes to an athlete using that level of vitriol as motivation, if that's the only source and that's all they turn to, they'll be blinded by the need to focus on the process over a long period of time. But if it's a little bit of the process, it can actually be rather fun and entertaining for those of us to monitor and watch. There are other things that are fun to monitor as well, including your personal health developments. We have a great special that is coming tomorrow. It's already now. Oh, it is? Yeah. Good to know. Well, the messages are going to come tomorrow. Nope, they're up now. They're already up now? Trey, fist pumps. My man, you even got one on the show. InsaneRadioDeals.com is where we're going, of course. You may be going somewhere else. Maybe you're walking with friends. Maybe you're running in the Star City Half Marathon and 10K like I'll be doing in mid-November. Maybe you're just charging towards a new (coughs) fitness goal with those memberships at Crosswide Athletic Club. Individual, couple, or family. Well, guess what? Now at InsaneRadioDeals.com, we want to help you charge forward and 
comfort and style because when you buy an entry to the Star City App Marathon in 10K or 10K, or you buy a Crosswide Athletic Club, three-month membership, individual, couple, or family, any one of them, doesn't matter, you'll get a free gift card to Fleet Feet Roanoke from InsaneRadioDeals.com. Speaking of free, thankfully he will not be working for free. Thankfully for his sake, he has already gotten the proverbial bag. But shortly after that, the injury has come. It's not the most critical one for his team, but it is a blow, and it's something we'll start off with in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Shortly after landing that five-year, $97 million contract, the injury came in an unexpected time. For Dallas Cowboys cornerback Trayvon Diggs, today in practice, a non-contact knee injury. That's always bad, and it turned out to be. Torn ACL, he is done for the year. It's bad for Dallas. He is one of their better cornerbacks. He's boom or bust. He'll get turnovers and interceptions, and he benefits greatly from having a pass rush led by Micah Parsons that can generate that. But the name we just mentioned, Micah Parsons, is really the guy that keys all of this for Dallas. Is it a bad loss? Sure. But we've seen in prior years, if you have the right pass rushers, Kansas City has not always had a good secondary, and it's even weaker now without former Alta Vista product Juan Thornhill there. He's now in Cleveland. But they've had Chris Jones, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. He's masked those concerns. Philadelphia, I think even last year, they did not have a great secondary, despite having corners that could get interceptions. What triggered that? A dominant pass rush. Dallas still has that. They've got Micah Parsons, who's one of the best in the game right now. They've got others like Armstrong and Lawrence and other players that can come in and provide creative ways to complement what Micah Parsons has done. Is this bad for Dallas? Sure, you'd love to have Travon Diggs out there at cornerback. But is it insurmountable? You might disagree, Trey, but I would say it's most definitely not because Dallas has still got Micah Parsons that can clean up a lot of the mistakes. Yeah, but their weakness is their secondary, or at least that's what it's been. And um, yes and no, Micah Parsons is the game wrecker, but I think Trayvon Diggs and his ability to get interceptions is a big part of that defense. And I think losing that, they do have Stephon Gilmore, but it's not, you know, Stephon Gilmore in his prime. Uh, So it's interesting given that the fact they have to go against, you know, both Philadelphia and San Francisco and the weapons that they have. Number four. According to Sports Business Journal, speaking of the NFL, by the way, you can hear NFL football tonight after Tech Talk Live, 7 o'clock Tech Talk Live. After that, Giants and Niners on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, kicking off another wonderful weekend of college football. Two games on Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Marshall hosting Virginia Tech, followed by Ole Miss at Alabama, and then a triple header on Sunday plus Monday Night Football. Speaking of Monday Night Football, Sports Business Journal, Several distributors have railed at Disney's plan to simulcast its entire Monday night football schedule across not only ESPN, but also ABC to make up for the Hollywood actors and producers strikes that are taking place out in Los Angeles. So there will be 10 more simulcasts to the deal with the programming shortfall coming from the writer's strike. Leverage. That's the thing to remember in this situation. Disney has the leverage to utilize whatever programming they have for ABC. 
The writers may not like it. A lot of the, I'll get political for five seconds here, hang tight. A lot of the more progressive people that side with the writers and labor in their strike may not like this concept, but who has the leverage in this situation? It's ABC and ESPN. And if they don't want to pay that and they have something else they can put on, especially something that rates higher than any scripted program, sorry for the brilliant minds who just need to be brilliant and can't be bothered by the criticism, but sports clearly does rate higher than scripted programming, especially the National Football League, which is the King Kong when it comes to all entertainment products that are out there. They always generate the highest ratings of anything, and live sports is one of the things that certainly does that. It's a smart business move. ABC and ESPN, part of Disney, they have the leverage in this situation. Does it upset some that are either part of the writers who are striking or those that are defending them? Sure. But the reality is, is it's a cold calculated business move and in big business especially, you make cold calculated decisions even if it comes at the expense of other people. Number three. Liberty University. They, according to a CFRED.com, and they're as well sourced on that program as anybody, Liberty, they have added VMI to the 2028 football schedule. Flames will pay the cadets $450,000 for what is essentially a buy game. They're buying the game, paying VMI to come to the LBG September 9th, 2028 to play that game. They're at Virginia Tech to start that season. They also will have dates against Bowling Green and Coastal Carolina later on. So as it stands on paper, who knows how Tech will look? Who knows how Coastal will look? Heck, who knows what Bowling Green will look like after the aforementioned Jamie Caldwell. Jamie uh, Caldwell coming from, um, um, from Carolina. Jamie Caldwell is either there or not, as Bowling Green's coach Scott Leffler has noted already. Who knows what they'll look like? But on paper right now, it looks like a viable schedule for Liberty going forward. And one of the things they've wanted to do is, for at least one game a year, if not more, have teams that have regional or even Commonwealth ties. Ian McCall has been open about this. That fits the vision for Liberty University. Therefore, that should come as absolutely no surprise. Number two. Matt DiBenedetto will not complete the 2023 NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series season with Rackley War Racing. He was scheduled to end his partnership with them at the end of the year, but they've cut it short, and so the team's roster for Talladega, Homestead, and Phoenix will be announced at a later date. Uh, It's a very interesting organization. We touched on this on the Front Stretch Happy Hour podcast, for which I was fortunate to be a guest earlier this week. And... DiBenedetto is loved by a lot of NASCAR fans because he wears his emotions on his sleeve. And the excitement and disappointment that fans feel is carried out from Matt DiBenedetto. But I often wonder whether sometimes he's very good at selling himself, but oftentimes he's so optimistic about his prospects of selling himself, it has that double-edged sword. Opening himself up to opportunities, Rackley War, heck before that, Wood Brothers Racing, But also, when people get around him, as much as he may be likable, the results don't back it up. And then he starts looking elsewhere and thinks he can leverage it for an upgrade, and the opportunities just do not materialize. Likable guy, but you kind of wonder whether he's at the end of the road, given how this has popped up and it doesn't appear he has a viable landing spot either. 
And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. A nugget that we did not touch on in great depth other than with Jerry Ratcliffe.com founder Jerry Hootie Ratcliffe on Monday. Virginia landing another top 100 basketball commit with 6'9", 225-pound forward Jacob Coffey from the Seattle suburbs out in Washington committing to UVA as the four-star picked the Hoos over USC. They have plenty of dollar, dollar bills, y'all. In name, image, and likeness. Washington and Washington State, they are hometown schools, and then the Ohio State University, which also has plenty of dollar, dollar bills, y'all. To put towards a particular player. Part of the reality is, is Southern Cal and Ohio State may have more dollar, dollar bills, y'all. In the short term. But when you look at coffee, most people consider his skill set to be on par with a Ryan Dunn, a Leon Bond, the two players that are there this year. We saw plenty of Dunn's initial tantalizing athleticism last year. Bond is shown to have a lot of that, although we haven't seen any of it in real game action. And then obviously everyone knows about players like Malcolm Brogdon and to a much more obvious extent, DeAndre Hunter. Players with above average athleticism, in Hunter's case, along with Bond and Dunn, great height and length. They've got a coach that has shown they can develop those type of players. It's a blueprint that may not get you as many dollar, dollar bills, y'all. By following Virginia in the short term, but it will get you infinitely more dollar, dollar bills, y'all. By following them in the long term, you could throw Trey Murphy's name into the mix as well as he was in Charlottesville for a year and has gotten himself into a nice role in the NBA and positioning himself for that ever lucrative second contract. So it doesn't take, it's not for every player to take the short term pain of a little bit less money for the long-term gain, but I can see completely how this makes sense because you're not selling a hope and a dream like you might be for, oh, I don't know, Virginia football, for example. You're selling something that has been proven over a long period of time. And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. When we return in the Fast Lane, more on some of those NASCAR topics and stories that we discussed. Steven Stump, FrontStretch.com, and then the villain role. It's there... It's going to be played up by some more than others at NC State, but how much is it going to resonate with the Virginia fans? Whether it's tomorrow night in Scott Stadium or heck, even in the build-up to the game that we've seen so far. That around 545, this is the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. 